Hey, how's it going everyone? Blind Bargains 218. It's the Thanksgiving edition, right around that time, 2020. Lots of people thinking about cooking and maybe doing a, a much smaller Thanksgiving meal. So we thought we'd go back and do another Blind Bargains podcast in the kitchen. But this time we brought a whole bunch of people socially distant, of course, in the kitchen uh, to do some cooking demonstrations. So I'm here. Uh, Ricky Enger is back. Hi. Good to Hi. be in the BBQ test kitchen again. Yeah, so don't burn anything down. Uh, Shelly, are you going to burn any chicken over there? I'm going to try not to. Hello, hello. This is the Texas version of the test kitchen. <laughs> and uh, for the first time on the podcast, uh, Tangela uh, Mahaffey, who writes a lot of articles and just has one up on their website just recently about Blue Apron, is on. Welcome. Uh. Hi, thank you for having me. Yeah, it was, I always thought it would be for something very different that I came on this podcast for the first time, but I'm really excited to be here, so. Yes. <laughs> yes, you said that to me. You said, what, really? The first thing you're inviting me on for is cooking? <laughs> yeah, well, because I'm such a novice cook, too, so. And I think it'll make sense a little later on when we talk about Blue Apron, uh, which is a, a thing designed for just for anyone. So, cool. We're actually going to, we have a whole bunch of new appliances and things to demo. It's going to be a little chaotic. You're going to hear lots of noises and such, so. Have fun, Patrick. Um, so, but uh, I'm going to start off with uh, Shelly uh, with uh, something you have to preheat, and I never pronounce this right. It's sauspied, right? That's 100% it. Sauspied. We're going to do the, uh, or as the fancy people would say, sous vide, which is spelled S-O-U-S, second word, V-I-D-E, and basically it's a way to immerse your food in water and cook it. You're poaching food, basically. So what I have, I'll describe the sous vide uh, device. First off, it is an ANOVA, A-N-O-V-A, sous vide device. It's about, I'd say nine or 10 inches tall. It's a cylinder. It's probably an inch and a half, two inches wide. On the top is a little display, but that doesn't bother us because there's also an app that controls it. It's a Bluetooth device. So I have it plugged in. On the back of the sous vide is a clamp and I have it clamped onto an eight quart pot and that pot is about two-thirds full of water. And the thing you learn when you cook with sous vide is you have to have plenty of water because the sensor at the bottom is what's going to heat the water and all the water needs to get nice and hot. So we're going to do this. You can do it with a display or you can do it with the app. And of course, we're going to do it with the app because it's voiceover friendly. And the Bluetooth connection has already happened. Come on. Voiceover on and over. Connect to 74.50 degrees F, 129.50 degrees F, zero. So the fun thing about the sous vide is that it tells the temperature on the display and in this app as well. So I've got some 75 degree water. Clearly that's not enough to cook my chicken breast. The app includes a bunch of recipes as well. And I just have one that's called chicken breast. It's very simple, but there are a lot of recipes in here and you can actually cook with the app, you, you ha hit cook recipe and it will heat your sous vide device up for you, or you can do it yourself. You could set its own temperature. There's a, an accessible part of the app where basically it's a keypad and you can say set it to the appropriate temperature, but I'm just gonna let the machine tell me what to do. And I have also next to me here, you can hear a, uh, I have a bag of chicken breasts or two chicken breasts seasoned with, seasoned with salt and pepper, and they're in a Ziploc bag. You can also do this in a vacuum bag. I've got one of those vacuum sealers, but I don't have any bags right now. So I seasoned it with salt and pepper. I put some Italian herbs on it, and I've put it into this Ziploc bag, which I'm going to get the, all the air out. But first, I'm going to preheat the sous vide. You don't put the chicken in until you preheat it. So here we go. Cook this recipe button. Cook this recipe. Degrees F. Start and over button. So it made a little noise, which is basically just blink, it's starting, and it says low. And basically for the next little low water, oh my goodness, I have to add water. Calling an audible, here we go, we're going to add some water. Why I add water? <laughs> now, would the app tell you that? <laughs> would the app tell you that? Yeah, how did you know that you had to so add water? It said, so on the screen, and I didn't have voiceover, I'll, I'll have voiceover play it for us. Come on, get out of okay, here. Okay, your water level is your water level is too low. Add water above the minimum line and then start your. Oh, that's cool. Start yeah. Is the line like tactile at all? Do you know? Like, can you feel? Uh, yes. Where the... it, it actually. Well, that's what's funny about it because it is tactile. There's sort of a, a ridge or a dent, and mm -hmm. my water is right at the dent, but it Got wants it. a little wiggle room above it. So I've put about a pint of additional water in. So now I'm probably about three fourths full in this pot, and the display said. Uh, low, but I also like a start. I know that. Here we go. 
Is there any reason Still says not low to... water. Oh, I was just going to say, is there any reason not to have a lot of water other than it will take longer to heat up? That's probably it. And as, as I say, I haven't done this in a while. It's But the, the tactile line... Okay, try again. The tactile line, it's the water is absolutely above it. So I'm just going to go add a bunch of water and uh, not, not skimp on the water because I think that's the trouble. Oh, so it still complained. Yeah, it complained a second time. And I, I think at the very minimum, you have to have it above this tactile line, but you really want to go considerable. I mean, I'm probably it's like three inches above the line. Let's see if it likes me any better now. Okay, button. Start and over button. Possibly down arrow. <laughs> it makes but, a cool noise when it starts. That's it does. Yeah, so yeah, it's making a nice noise, and it's the temperature is actually already going up. Seventy-four point seventy degrees F. Seventy-four point seventy degrees F. View recipe button. Chicken breast. Temp. Time. One hundred fifty point zero degrees F. One. Stop and over button. So that one should have said one hour. So it's going to take a while. There's nothing much more for me to tell you right now because it's going to preheat. The hour is the total time it takes to cook, not the time it takes to preheat. But basically, we're waiting for it to give an alert when it's ready for me to drop my chicken in, and then I can talk about that. Was that a built-in program chicken breast, or was that something you created? That's built in. So the Inova app has a bunch of recipes, and some of them are as simple as steak or chicken breast or rice or something like that, or potatoes or whatever. Uh, you can also you find recipes that you don't, you don't have to have the app assist you in cooking it, but that recipe was built into the app. That's why... It was giving me so much guidance about start it now and add water and that sort of thing. But if you if you tell it, okay, I want to use this thing at 150 degrees, even if you don't give it a recipe, it'll still say, I don't have enough water to make that happen. So it will give you that guidance even if you don't use the built-in recipes. It's not very loud either, at least not yet. No, it's not. Uh, and, and you're hearing me on a different microphone than our audience will, but it's really not. It makes sort of a sound. And on the screen, on the little display, the temperature is going up, but also... Current. 79.20 degrees F. Nice. So it still there says that, and as well as the timer will count down uh, later on. And then there's the only other thing on the screen is just stop Nova, so I can stop it if I want to. But on the display, like you don't... The display is completely touchscreen, so there's nothing accessible on the display, but it is all in the app, so that's nice. That's very cool. So, uh... While that's happening, uh, Ricky has also, uh, you have some preparation to do as well, I believe? I do. Um, so I can, I think I'm going to talk about my food processor first. And uh, so what I'm going to do is make some hummus. And this is going to be using my Braun FP3020 food processor. It was named the best food processor of 2020. It's really awesome. And also in the tradition of things I review on the show, for some reason, it has been discontinued by Braun. So it's a super popular processor, but uh, it's been discontinued. However, it is available on eBay. Uh, there have been some on walmart.com and it's still possible to get this. And I'm really hoping that Braun brings it back. So I'm going to make hummus and I'm gonna kind of talk about this as I do it. The thing I love about this processor is that it has two knobs and that is the extent of what you need to control this. So there are a number of different blades and inserts that you can use with this. So there's the the typical food processor blade and then you have like a a fry slicer uh, that I bought separately. Uh, there's like a, a dough blade, um, a shredder and a thin slicer and all kinds of things. So like nine different wow. things, including a citrus juicer. And each of these things just slots into the food processor. And so right now I have uh, the first part that I'm doing here is I have a quarter cup of tahini, and I'm gonna do a quarter cup of lemon juice. This is better fresh, but I don't have fresh today, so just pouring that in. And before I turn anything on, I'm just gonna kind of 
make this little sound. This is setting the speed of the food processor and it goes from one to 15. So there are no buttons to memorize. You're just generally turning it to a level that uh, feels like say, you know, a five or a six or a 15. And you can count the clicks of the food processor. So that's really nice. And then the other thing I'll do is shut this. And of course it can't run unless that is locked safely in place. I can turn my second knob to the left to pulse it. But I'm actually going to let this run for about a minute. So I have my speed at about six and I'm just gonna turn it to the right and leave it. How'd you decide the speed? I uh, looked at recipes and just gauge kind of generally what's it going to take to mix this thing. So if I'm doing something like slicing uh, carrots or celery with, you know, the insert, the slicing insert, I'm going to slow this way down to like three or so. And it makes a nice little sound as it slices these things. This, we wanted it to have a nice mix. Now I could turn it up, but it can go really high or really low. You can chop onions just by turning this up to 15 and pulsing it a couple of times and they're done. So that's really nice. I'm gonna- How much continue. are those? Um, this was about 180 dollars and so bad. it's something that you invest in and you know it's meant to last 20 years or so at least mm -hmm. we certainly hope so because i'll be really upset if it doesn't did it come with a warranty uh this didn't because it was discontinued however right. you can order parts from the bronze site that are still available even though the unit itself is discontinued. So you're able to, uh, for example, I was able to get the French fry system ordered. Yeah, I wonder if they're gonna come up with come another with my unit. model. To... It's, it seems likely. And the thing I like about this is it's, uh, it's a very light processor. So it's kind of easy to move around. And it's, like I said, super easy to use. So it's, it's, uh, two two controls it doesn't get much simpler than that i've had food processors in the past and i found them a little bit confusing it makes a lot of sense because like i have the blender and i have the hand mixer but for some of the heavier chopping jobs either i'm doing it by hand or you know to have something a little more powerful i think would be really useful yeah and the thing i like about this is that you can do things like uh, potatoes au gratin, you can prepare salad veggies where they're all sliced exactly evenly. And it takes, you still do have to do a little bit of knife work, for example, cutting the tops and bottoms off your onion and cutting them into, you know, a small enough piece to fit into uh, the food processor. So for example, if you had a giant cucumber that doesn't quite fit through the feed tube of the food processor that you do a little cutting there. But other than that, it is really a time saver and it also just makes things look nice and uniform, which is something I never managed to do with my own knife cuts. All right, well, while that's going on, I still hear the uh, the buzzing sous vide. 109.8, just in case anybody wants to know. All right, okay, I did, well good, so we got some time. Um, I have an air fryer here and I got this for Christmas last year and I know there's lots of different levels of air fryer. Uh, Ricky has a fancier one that she's going to talk about in a little bit, but I got for Christmas a simple two knob air fryer and I really only use one of the knobs. So, so this is the, it's a Sakura, uh, 5.2 or so core air fryer. I'll get the model number up in the show notes. There's several that are very similar to this. But I like this brand, I'm probably not even pronouncing it right, because again, it's just two knobs, one for time, one for temperature. And I don't even use the time knob because I, I could mark it, but I just ask my Google to you know, set timers and such. Anyway, so I don't even use the time knob, I just turn the knob 
to some insanely high amount. So the air fryer can be used to do all sorts of healthier things, like you know those chicken breasts that you have. It's kind of funny. Chicken breasts are the one thing that we could almost do in every single appliance that we're messing it's with. It's true. You <laughs> can sample everybody's chicken right? breasts together if we work together. <laughs> If we were together but not now um so you know you do all sorts of healthy stuff and cod fillets and stuff so i'm gonna do bacon <laughs> naturally <laughs> <laughs> not nearly as healthy but honestly the reason i started doing bacon in the air fryer is because it comes out really consistent it's not that i'm incapable of doing bacon on the stove but it's i have a hard time flipping it and it's just you have to babysit it you know and i know yes. for some people it's an art it's fun I just like to put the bacon in and go. Now, the downside of a lot of air fryer stuff is you can't do as much at a time. So I had about a half pound of bacon, maybe even a little less than that. And what I did uh, before the show is I just took a knife and cut all the pieces in half because that's about what you can fit in the basket. So if I open up the air fryer here, as you can hear, there's two parts to it. The top part is the, there's like a basket inside a basket. If you haven't seen an air fryer before, this one has a basket. You can, there's a little lever that you can pop the top out, which I just did. Um, that you would mostly do that for cleaning or cleaning the bottom of it. And then when you put it back in, you line it up and it snaps back in. So the bottom is where extra grease and such will fall. So what I have on the top here is probably about eight or 10 pieces or half slices of bacon that are cut up. And what I did also is I bought a package of air fryer parchment liners. This really helps in cleaning and it works with most stuff in the air fryer. So these are single sheets. They have them for just about every size of air fryer. So you, I dropped one of these sheets down. There's little holes in it. So that's the difference between that and regular parchment paper. There's little holes in the paper so the air will still flow through. Um, it does cut off a little bit of the circulation, but for most things, it's just fine. So bacon is very simple. Now that I have this set up, it's just 400 for 11 minutes. Uh, that's more for a thicker cut bacon. So actually it'll do about 10 minutes. This is a little thinner cut bacon. And that's it. I love that once I start this, I don't have to do anything to it other than pulling it out. You don't have to flip the bacon. You don't have to do anything else with it. It'll be done in about 10 minutes. So all I'm gonna do is slide this in. I already have the temperature set up to go. Let me make sure that this package of bread is not sitting on top of the air fryer. Okay, that'd be good. <laughs> and I'm just gonna turn the dial, the time dial to something really high doesn't matter, like 15 or 20, I get to stop it at the end. And, hey Google, timer for 10 minutes. And she's in the other room, so there we go. And now, so now my thing is running along with uh, Shelly's and whatever Ricky's doing over there. Um, so there you go. Very simple stuff as far as the air fryer. Yes, the air fryer can be healthier, but if you're all you're doing is use, doing uh, hot pockets and mozzarella sticks and such, you kind of lose the healthy part of the. Air. So, does the <laughs> yeah, air fryer air come fryer. with like a rack or other thing that for you to place your stuff on, or do you put you use your own? So, you just put it in the basket itself. Oh, in the basket. Okay, so you there's just not put everything like... in, in general. Okay. Yep, everything falls in the basket. They do have. You can get a rack if you want to try to layer stuff. For some things that have. A little space like french fries you could layer them but you wouldn't want to layer a whole bunch of chicken breast because the air wouldn't get through right. from the bottom breast to the top breast so generally you're limited to a couple things so it is better for you know i would say either smaller households or just doing a you know a few at a time um, some things it certainly would make a lot more sense in the oven especially if you're feeding a crowd but for you know a household of one or two or three have you tried the kind of stuff that you would deep fry, like fish fillets or uh, chicken nuggets or, I mean, anything like that? Or is it good for that or is it better for something like bacon? Nuggets work. Well, here's the thing. So if you were just doing something that already has batter on it, that's totally going to be fine. In fact, it would be delicious. If you're trying to do batter, you can do the regular flour, egg, you know, batter mixture. And if you get it on there well, it'll do okay. There are some types of batter that I'm finding out, I guess, that might fly around a little too much. So it, so you do have to make sure it's a batter that sticks well to whatever it is you're cooking. Or just get frozen, already battered cod or fish, whatever, and put them in that way. And those will come out great, yes. Also for reheating. Uh, yeah, if you're reheating, reheating french fries. Fryer is amazing. Or, yeah. It sounds from the from the air and stuff. It sounds like rather large. How big is the air fryer? So this one's about a five quart. Um, so the basket is probably about six or seven inches 
square. Actually, no, I'm, no, duh, I had to buy the parchment liners. They're nine inches. The basket is nine inches square um, and about six inches tall. Okay. And, and it then, just sits up on your counter? Yep. It's sitting right now between my microwave and my Instant Pot, somewhere underneath all these microphones that aren't usually in my kitchen. <laughs> and about uh, 60, 70 bucks. Like I said, I got it for Christmas, but it looks like it's around like 70 bucks. And we'll have links to all this stuff in the uh, the show notes. Uh, we will also, uh, on blindbargains.com, if you head over to Blind Bargains, uh, you can read from Tangela a review of Blue Apron. So, really cool way, if, if you're new to cooking, especially, well, I'll just let you talk about it, uh, your experience with uh, Blue Apron. So, I mean, if you're on any sort of, if you've heard any sort of podcast in 2020, you've probably heard of Blue Apron because they advertise literally everywhere, but they're basically a meal kit service for people who are not uh it's for all experience levels but it is particularly also for people who are a little bit um less used to cooking so they send you you know pre-portioned ingredients and very easy like step-by-step instructions with very precise like time measurements so like instead of just saying you know brown this beef it will say brown this beef you know expected five seven minutes or whatever and give you not just an you know an idea of what you're doing but like how long it should take and like how much oil you need to do that and stuff like that that you know it makes it really easy to just kind of get a sense that you're doing i don't know if if you i worry about messing up cooking a lot and so it really gives you that sense of like confidence that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing so when you get the box and you get all that you have you signed up for what a couple of different recipes at a time how is that whole experience and then i think you're about to say there's an app as well yeah so when you sign up for it you can choose uh any dietary restrictions that you have they have like vegetarian and vegan options and they have you know spice level options stuff like that more kid friendly options for households with kids and then you choose you know the size of the um order that you want so we our household for, is uh three people and we get the signature for four box because I think the, the options are really two people and four people, uh, and I think two people would have been a little bit small. So we did that. And then, yeah, you, you um, see every recipe that you get in the app. You can manage what recipes you're getting per week, because every week has, like, a list of five or six possible recipes. Um, you can actually add additional recipes. Default is two. Uh, but then you can also add, you know, one or two extra recipes per week if you want to uh, including premium recipes which there's a little bit of an, a little bit of an upcharge for the cost is around ten dollars per person per meal uh, if you are actually using their their uh, so like I said we are actually a three-person household but we're getting the four person boxes but if you if you actually have the number of people that you're supposed to it comes out to about ten dollars per person per meal They've recently started doing a service where you can actually substitute ingredients. So, like, if you don't like the side that they're giving you, uh, you can choose a different side. That's a little bit harder to do excessively, but uh, I think you can do it. Like I said, it's very new, so I haven't really gotten to play with that much yet. But um, it's just, you know, one other way that they are being really, I guess, understanding of a lot of different dietary options and preferences and needs. Uh, you were talking about accessibility, Jay, and uh, the hardest part of it is that the meals don't come organized per b- by meal. So you get this giant box that has, like, the top layer is all of your vegetables and, like, garlic and if there's any, like, cans of tomato sauce or whatever, pastas, anything, any dry goods, any vegetables and dry goods and canned goods, basically. Uh, and then below that, you have your meats that are like right up against the the ice packs that they use and then they give you two bags of knickknacks which is any kind of sauces that you're using or any kind of um spice packets things like that and they are labeled with knickknacks and then the name the name of the meal and uh, i have had to use ira to identify those but it never really takes more than five minutes, so that's pretty easy. It does presume that you have a few things on hand, things like salt and pepper, a cutting board and a set of knives, a box grater for cheese, 
oil for, for browning things, stuff like that. But you can see in the review that I wrote the full list of things that you like will need to have on hand. But it's, it's pretty minor things. Do any of the ingredients come prepared already? So, for example, asparagus, but the bits that you wouldn't cook are already chopped off? Or oh, does it or things like carrots some... where you have to cut off the ends or broccoli right. and stuff like that. No, uh, they, they do actually, that's part of the preparation that you do, which is kind of cool because it, it very easily describes, you know, what part of the food you're keeping and, and what part you're not. And it gets you very used to, you know, preparing ingredients like that. Oh, nice. And it might be a little different, but I, I guess I should point out that the app, and tell me what your experience was, but the recipes normally come on cards in the box, but the app also has the recipes you have for the week. And in, in my experience on the iPad, it was pretty darn accessible. There wasn't really an issue with there. Some Sometimes recipes include videos. They have both the ingredients that come in your little box, and then they have the uh, instructions for how to make them. And there are videos sometimes and, you know, visuals, which obviously aren't a, a thing. Um, but the biggest challenge from, for me was just, you know, the labels on the little bottles of, because they give you a little bottle of, of sauce or whatever that's exactly the amount you need. So if you figure out what the sauce is, you don't have to measure anything. You just pour it in when it tells you to pour it in. Stop. Yeah, I mean, so that's like the kind of thing I was saying that I tend to use Ira for is that if there are recipes that have like multiple uh, spice packets or multiple sauces, which uh, has happened, um, just figuring out exactly, because a lot of times they go in in different orders, or like in a specific order, rather. So just taking about five minutes with Ira to figure out, you know, exactly what you're using. And you can probably do that by smell and, and texture and stuff like that, but yeah, that's just what I do. And yeah, the app is very accessible. You probably get used to over time, right? You probably get used to how how certain things are packaged, I would think. You do, but like for example, no? if they have like vinegar and like Worcestershire sauce or something, they tend to put them in the same little bottle, so there's not really a a way. Because yeah, that you're right with the some of the meats, uh, or even some of the cheeses that they have used in multiple recipes, but some of the sauces just are in the same little. JJ, it sounds like you and I are both done at the same time because your yes. bacon came out and I'm preheating. So why don't you do your bacon and then I can talk about it. Well, I have not much to say other than you heard the um, the bacon and it's all very consistently uh, on this parchment thing. And, mmm, uh, it's good. That's all, uh -huh. that's all I got to say. And it's very <laughs> consistently crispy. Right? A little bit of chewy, a little bit of crispy. And it came out great. I might just do a second one because what I like to do with bacon... Is if I cook the whole pound now, because it does make a bit of a, a grease, you know, there's lots of grease that falls in the bottom. It's okay, it's easy to clean. But if I'm doing a burger, say later in the week, I can have the bacon in the refrigerator. If you drop the bacon back in the air fryer for about 30 seconds, it'll crisp right back up and be perfect for a burger. So if you just do it all ahead of time, then you have bacon for burgers, bacon for salad, whatever you want bacon for for the week. And you don't have to, oh my gosh, I'd love to have some bacon, but I don't have any cooked up. So... That's how I've been doing the bacon, so I'm going to actually just do the rest of this, but uh, don't mind me. And uh, curious what's going on over there. So my ANOVA just went bong, bong, bong. It didn't tell me via, via voiceover. I'm holding the app in my hand, and it says... 149.50 degrees F. 149.50 degrees F. View recipe button. Chicken breast. Tap. So I didn't... I don't know whether there's a notification that I should have turned on or not, but... It's ready for me to put the chicken in. So as I mentioned before, I have my chicken in a Ziploc bag. You can also use a vacuum seal bag. The first thing I'm going to do is make sure I've gotten all the air out of the vacuum, out of the Ziploc bag I can by hand, pressing down on it and then closing it slowly. So I think I've got all the air out. And now you can, uh, you want to make sure there's no air in the bag. So I'm going to lower it into the pot. And there's what's called a water displacement method, which is probably the easy way, easiest way to do this. And you put it in the pot, but you press it down so that there's no opportunity for excess air to get in. So I'm reaching for some sort of object to press it down because the water is at 150 degrees and I forgot that and it's going to be hot. So I'm going to press it all the way down. Got a little bubbling going on. And it's just going to cook in there. And the timer, let's see what the timer says. We're at 150 degrees. 
and it's going to continue to time my uh, recipe. Zero, 57. So it's going to take 57 minutes. It takes quite a long time. Sous vide is not about quickness. It's about poaching your food and stuff, I guess. I mean, if you, if you want a quicker method, sous vide is, is not the way to go. But my chicken has started cooking, and I basically can ignore it until the sous vide beeps again, and then my chicken will be ready for the final step. Yay. Cool. Meanwhile. Awesome. How's uh, it going over there, Ricky? I have all my ingredients uh, put into the food processor for the hummus, so now we get to uh, hear what it sounds like when there's, like, more than just tahini and lemon juice, so I'm just going to turn this on. We notice it's way louder than it was before. What are the other ingredients? Or are you going to make people go to the show notes? Uh, that will go in the show notes. So I've made a fairly simple hummus. It just has lemon juice, tahini, uh, chickpeas, of course, and then uh, some garlic, some salt, and uh, paprika, and some cumin. And you can get really creative. You can put like, um, you can put roasted red peppers in your hummus. You can do all sorts of things. And it's delicious and it's- it, And it's just that the blender wouldn't have enough, like the Nutribullet wouldn't have enough power for it, right? Or it also would probably would need liquid or this works a lot better in this. So the reason that you wouldn't do it in the Nutribullet, you probably could, but it would need to be a much smaller batch. This has like, I forget the amount of power that's in this motor, but uh, it's at least 900 watts, which if I remember right, the Nutribullet is 600. Now, some food processors have lower wattage, so it's not so much about the power as it is just kind of the layout of the thing. So with your Nutribullet, you could probably do hummus, although not super liquidy. You might need a little more liquid in the Nutribullet to do it. But I've heard of people using a stick blender to make their hummus like in a, you know, container of some kind and you just get a little stick blender and kind of slap it down into the thing and turn it on and off you go. Anyway, we've just made really delicious hummus that's way better than store-bought that you would get from like Sabra or whatever. So the next thing I want to do is uh, talk about the Ninja Foodie. And this is a combination air fryer. Uh, you can bake in it. You can do all sorts of things. Uh, it has an instant pot lid as well. So first thing I'll say about this thing is that it's ginormous. And it's the air fryer lid is basically shuts over the top of it. So it looks kind of like you have this this fan on the top that I'm tapping here, and this will close down over the unit. And it will make that noise, kind of the little beep, 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 each time you open and close it. So I've tossed some chickpeas in like a chili lime seasoning. I've never made this before, so hopefully it'll be good just tossing them in there. They have a little olive oil and salt. So I'm gonna shut my lid here. The cool thing about the uh, the Ninja is that this basket, unlike JJ's, which I believe is kind of like a drawer that you slide in and out, this is, uh, yeah. there's a bottom pot that looks like an Instant Pot and in fact does serve as a pressure cooker when you have a different lid on it. Inside that fits this round basket, and there is a uh, sort of a device on the bottom of it that lifts it above the pot just a bit so that air can still circulate. So I've shut that. This is definitely not, uh, there's nothing about this that talks. And the buttons, at least for me, are kind of difficult to feel and I don't have insensitive fingers, but I still have a hard time finding the buttons that I want to press without using bump dots or something. And the other part of this is that you do have to remember what the default time and temperature is for each of your modes. So for example, pressure cooking 
or oven or broil or air fryer, which I'm gonna do here. I'm not gonna bother setting anything here. Uh, the default for air fryer is 350, uh, sorry, 390 for 20 minutes. So I've pressed air fry, and now I press the big start button, which actually is the easiest button to find on the unit. So if you've pressed the right thing, then you can start it pretty easily. And here it goes. It's got a nice hum. I'm just gonna lean forward. Well, maybe Patrick can fade down my hum and <laughs> Yeah. The interesting thing about this is that my first one died while it was in warranty. Hey Google, set a timer for 15 minutes. 15 minutes. And now. when it died, I was able to go through customer service and get another one and that's a big story in and of itself. But when I got this unit, it was much quieter than my previous new unit was. So maybe I just had like a bad unit all the way around. This one is super, super quiet. And so those chickpeas will hopefully air fry and get all crispy within 15 minutes and we'll see if the experiment is a success. You haven't done these before? I have not done these before. Those are the best. <laughs> yes, Live I made a, I made a pot it. of I made a pot of chickpeas uh, from dry chickpeas in my instant pot earlier and I was like there's no way that I'm going to be able to make that much hummus from this amount of chickpeas so I might as well try and do something different with the rest. So Jay, I noticed that you basically what? took the bacon right out of the air fryer and just sort of popped it like just ate it like is there not really a cooling time or anything necessary or so it depends on what it is you know mm -hmm. it was that bacon was right at the the level of it almost burned my tongue oh okay um yeah it was but now, but now it's cooled down so um but yeah if you wait a minute or two there are other things that you would want to wait a few minutes um one thing that you can do with the air fryer that not a lot of people know is you can do things like frozen cookie or not fro refrigerated cookie dough um Dara, we're gonna bake them. Pretty much, you can take most recipes that give you an instruction for the oven, and if you lower it by about 20 degrees and by about 20% of the time, you can convert it into air fryer. It works for about 80, 90% of things where you get an oven direction. I'm not, I would guess the Ninja's probably similar as far as that. It that is, lineup. yeah. Yeah. The one thing that JJ mentioned earlier, and I can absolutely say, is true is that you got to be careful about overcrowding the air fryer. Now mine comes with a little rack that you can use to separate things. You can have uh, something kind of on the bottom of the basket and then have this little rack that you stack other things on. But if you tend to crowd things, which I have done multiple times and regretted it because it yep. definitely increases some of them the are good time. some are soft <laughs> yeah exactly so you know cooking like i was confused I, mine, mine came with a rack but I, w I wasn't sure if it was a rack or a skewer thing set it might be a skewer set because that is one thing that you can do with these as well is like and mine didn't come with that so yours is better in that respect Stop. than mine is so it's um I guess you can cook like veggies and stuff on that skewer or even meat. I've tried doing wings in the air fryer and it's still, I feel like a work in progress because I like my wings really, really crispy. And uh, my air fryer basket is pretty large and I tried 20 wings in it and still was kind of disappointed at how not crisp they were. Mm. So for either of you guys, what's yeah, the cleanup like? Because I'm hearing a lot of grease when JJ is turning that air fryer off, and I'm guessing it falls down below. Well, yeah, it depends. Basket? And yes, at least here there is. So the, most of the grease falls in the basket. Why I use the parchment liner is that there's less on, on that top level to clean. So generally, I would clean the top that top basket between every thing, and I'll clean the I'll clean the bottom one now because it's bacon, or let the grease kind of cool a little bit. 
And but you know they're both just dishwasher or sink safe. Not hard at all, at least on this end, to to clean stuff. And I guess I'm thinking about it, Tangela. I think I waited about a minute, a minute and a half. I didn't pull the bacon out and it was all bubbly like that. <laughs> I think it was about at this point when I actually ate the bacon. Yeah, it sounded like you were eating fire for a second there. Yeah, it did. <laughs> well, see, that's too hot. That's too hot. I'm gonna put that piece down. <laughs> I'll wait a second on that one. I was trying to figure out what it sounded like all show, and then I realized it sounds almost exactly like when you're in a in an airplane cabin. It does. Mm. And in answer to your question, Shelly, cleanup is easy here as well. I have to be careful because the, and JJ's probably is too, these are, uh, at least mine is, I think it's ceramic and it has like a nonstick coating so it's not stainless steel like you've seen with the Instant Pot and such. So you could destroy that that non-stick coating if you were to scrub it. Now, thankfully, it is dishwasher safe. Uh, I usually bake my bacon like on a kind of a rack over the uh, cookie sheet or whatever. So I've not seen how much I, that's what I used to do. bacon, you know, drips down. But I have done a chicken in there, and there's a bunch of grease with that. That's probably the worst I've had with cleanup, but even that isn't so bad. So just as a tangent to that, yeah, so you're I just have a reheating a pizza. Grill. I have a panini grill, and that's what I put my bacon on, and it has a little plastic grease catcher below. But what I like about the panini grill is it's kind of a the middle point between frying and baking. I like baking bacon, but I don't actually have the kind of pan where the grease would drip the way I like it to. But I know with the panini grill, which has just like a flat grill on top and bottom, that it'll flatten the bacon out, which I really like, and then it'll also send all the grease to the little trap below, and then I can get rid of it when it's done. So I know that uh, pre-show, Tangela was asking about an accessible Instant Pot, and uh, I am not going to demonstrate the Wi-Fi Instant Pot, but I do want to talk about it for a little bit. And uh, so I used to have the Bluetooth model of the Instant Pot where you could control it from the app and uh, it was very cool. You could see the temperature inside it and you could set your mode from the app and all that fun stuff. It was great and uh, now a friend has it and I have the Wi-Fi Instant Pot. Totally different app and by the way you can no longer get the app to control the Bluetooth model. So if you didn't have it already, it's dead and you'll never have it again. Now the Wi-Fi Instant Pot is quote accessible, but it's not super friendly to control from the app. And it's just kind of poor design. So like if you are, for example, going to pressure cook something for say 15 minutes and maybe the default is 10, you tap on what could easily have been a picker, but instead it opens this dialogue where you have to flick from one, two, three, four, five, six, and flick all the way through until 15. And what a nightmare if you're flicking all the way to 45. You can't scroll the screen so that you can easily get to higher numbers. Uh, so that's very annoying. But I have found that Integrating it with Alexa works nicely, so I will put everything in the Instant Pot and get ready to cook, and then I'll just tell the assistant what I want to do and what mode I want to cook it on, and that has worked much better, for me anyway, than using the app. And one last thing about that, and then I'll shut up, and that is... I know there are often discussions about why would you get the Wi-Fi app if it costs more than the standard Instant Pot. And I think it's personal preference certainly. That's can me. you, you know, can you use the regular Instant Pot? Absolutely. JJ's done it for 5 years. A lot of other people have done it. For me, I'm kind of 
a flaky person and like at the end of the day if I've had a, a, a long day and my brain is full of a bunch of other junk I don't want to have to think about what the you know what the default for this particular mode is uh, did I count enough button presses to take it up to the number of minutes that I wanted etc etc so that for me it makes the Wi-Fi instant pot worth it and in addition to that I live in a split level house so one of the things I love about the instant pot is that I can put stuff in it and I can walk away I could be downstairs in my office doing other things it has a beep at the end telling you when it's done but if I'm downstairs I'm never gonna hear that the ability to check that oh, from yeah. the phone is really really cool yeah for me as far as the the regular instant pot first of all I pretty much do everything on manual so it will remember you the last time that you were at, but that's not a big deal because if you uh, press the, the minus button, it will beep twice when it scrolls past zero. So then you know that you, you can count back up. Yes, it's quite a few button presses, but maybe it sounds like it's a little quicker than the, the Wi-Fi app. But the other things, yes, I do wish I had some way to check the time. That's really good that's to know. That's at least know, on my model, which is from old, an old that, one. That's an old model. This the, I have one that's a couple of years old. It's just a regular 6-4 Instant Pot. And that was the challenge I was going to suggest it, that was, yeah, you have to either know what your last, you have to find a way to get back to zero because it always remembers the last time setting that I was using. And that's not awfully helpful if, you know. <laughs> if you're using the um, Wi-Fi app, can you four-finger tap to jump to the top and bottom of the um No, it doesn't reliably pickup? work, sadly. Oh. So the cool thing about experimenting in the kitchen is sometimes you just like, hmm, I know that I have this one thing. I want to make this other thing. So I also got for Christmas last year a French fry cutter. And all it is is you put it in a potato, which I cut in about quarters and I washed. But I didn't peel. I just washed it. And then once you drop the potato into the French fry cutter and hold it over a bowl, all you guys do is now it just gave me about 20 French fries. Which I will proceed to soak in water uh, for about a half hour to an hour, and then I'll put them in the air fryer a little later on. After that would be in the post show uh, thing, but <laughs> but I'm gonna I'm gonna take the French fries. I eventually I have this bacon. I'm gonna take the French fries, put them in the oven and the broiler with topped with cheese and that bacon for about two minutes. Oh yeah, there you go. And have bacon cheese fries. Yum. Yum. So since we're talking about potatoes, we're in the potato segment of the program. I was going to make sous vide potatoes, but I didn't have time to get them diced or peeled or any of that stuff. So again, sous vide is basically poaching. So what you want to do to make potatoes in the sous vide is either get fingerling potatoes or dice whatever larger potatoes you have, peel them if you, you probably do want to peel them, and then you put some sort of fat like oil or butter and whatever seasonings you like in the bag with the potatoes put them in the sous vide. You actually cook them at higher. All the, the recipes that I've seen want you to cook them uh, at like 190 degrees. But then when they come out, you're still gonna have to roast them or mash them or fry them or whatever you wanna do. So again, it's not particularly fast, but if you want to, it's probably a good way to make a lot of potatoes. Say, I don't know, if you have a bunch of family coming over for a holiday or something, and you just wanna make a whole bunch of potatoes and then pull them out and run them through a ricer to make mashed potatoes, or they're already cut up so you could put them on a cookie sheet and make roast potatoes, make sure they're still seasoned the way you like to or, or add seasoning to them and then roast them up after you've sous vide them for say an hour. So you were talking before the show, as we're getting close to the end, we're not gonna stay on for the end of your sous vide, sorry. No, it's still, uh, I don't know, 30 minutes. Bonus content. <laughs> I, I will tell you what needs to happen afterwards, but yeah, right. Yeah, why don't you do that, and then also you had some, okay. I think, you had comparisons between that and the Instant Pot. Sure. So so at the end of this process, when my uh, chicken finally comes out, just as I just was talking about with potatoes, I'm going to need to finish the chicken off. And this applies to steak. It applies to most meats. Because a sous vide poached will be delicious. It'll be very juicy. But you're probably going to want to finish it off in some way. A lot of times people will take a steak, and they'll just put it on a grill outside for a very short time. I can put this chicken in a pan on the stove for a very short time. All I'm trying to do is sear it, you know, lock in the juices and give it a little bit of a, a nice uh, grilled or, or fried texture as opposed to what it has when it comes out of this, which is going to be a very 
very juicy texture. Now, if you want to use this chicken in some dish that doesn't really require finishing up on a grill or on Stop. a, a stovetop, you can certainly do it. But if you're thinking about how long it's going to take to do the sous vide, also allow a little time to finish it off on the stovetop uh, when you're done with your chicken. This is all making me hungry. At least I have this bacon in front of me. You have bacon. The rest of us are eating. <laughs> Ricky's is done. Ricky's has something done, it sounds like. Yep. Let's How see. Let's do a taste test. Well, that, the one I just got, was not crunchy. So let's uh -oh. try another one. Okay, that one's crunchy-er. So I think that <laughs> they need a little longer. The flavor is, like, super good, but they aren't really, really crispy. The outsides look like they're crispy, and when I shook them, they seemed crispy, but they get another five minutes. And the cool thing was I had my timer, my Google timer set for 15 minutes, but the default air fryer timer was for 20 minutes, so I just had to shut my lid, and it automatically started air frying again. So when you lift the lid in the middle, for example, to shake things halfway through cooking, it will just put it on pause, and then you put the lid back down, and off it goes again. We just got a couple minutes um, left, and I'm going to steal Shelly's uh, segment. Kind of start of doing it. Uh, in a second, and I go around and ask everyone what the next kitchen appliance is you're thinking of buying. Um, but any other final thoughts before we uh, we get to that? So, I got this sous vide device for Christmas as well. Uh, I bought the instant pot myself for the same uh, at the same Christmas because that's how I roll apparently. And I've used both devices. My my sister who gave me this is a huge fan of the sous vide, and I think for somebody who really likes to uh, grill or who likes the idea of making sure that your food is completely cooked and tastes juicy but wants to finish it up on a grill or a stovetop, a sous vide is probably a great choice. And as I say, if you have a big enough pot, you can make a lot of stuff with a sous vide. But hey, instant pots come in pretty big sizes as well. I find that I use the instant pot a lot more. I mean, I make everything from chicken biryani, which is like one of my go-to things that I make, to chicken meatballs and meatloafs and things like that. And so I found the Instant Pot to be more versatile. Uh, the uh, sous vide is completely accessible and all that good stuff, but it's just not as versatile. And more to the point, it takes forever. So if I, ha and you can set a timer, you can, you know, have this just like that one. You can set a timer for a sous vide so you don't have to stand there and turn it on and say, well, you know, in five minutes it's going to be ready to drop the food in. You, you could do that ahead of time, but I think the Instant Pot is a little bit more flexible for my purposes. And I think there are actually uh, sous vides for the Instant Pot. Like, there's an accessory, and I don't know if it's accessible, but there's apparently an accessory either made by Instant Pot or somehow related to the Instant Pot that is a, a sous vide thingy. I wonder about that, because there's the Instant Pot air fryer thing, and that did not get the greatest of reviews. So I'm not sure how the, the sous vide one would work. The other thing uh, Ricky kind of uh, pointed this out in, in doing is it will take a bit of experimentation because if you have a recipe that's written for one model of air fryer or sous vide or instant pot or whatever, yours might behave a little bit different as far as, you know, it might actually be two minutes more or less or so the temperature might be a little bit off. So like a lot of things in cooking, the first time or two might be an eight out of 10 and you can be like, oh, next time I'm going to cook this for one more minute or that was a little overdone. You could always undercook it for a minute and then go back to it, so. You should post your crepe recipe in the show notes once you uh, perfect it, because those honestly sound delicious. If you, I don't know if you want to get into yeah. that at all, but. Well, um, then, oh, air fryer. Well, you were talking to me well, about Because it. you mentioned, well, I didn't do air fryer. I didn't on the stove, but the thing that's probably actually, that's why I was asking Ricky about blenders and fruit processors, because I, I tried mixing crepe batter in the blender. And it, it mostly came out, but then there was like a big hard glob on the bottom. And I do feel like a hand mixer. I think next I'm going to use either a hand mixer or a, a stick food processor. Blender. You want a stick Personally. blender for a thing like that. Yeah. 
And, that and then maybe not even, a... don't even finish it with the stick blender, but start with a stick blender, and then once it gets to a reasonable consistency, get like a whisk and just you know do it by hand and finish it off. Well, that actually brings up a question, JJ, that I had about you did this in the yeah. in the Nutribullet. Tried to. Was... <laughs> okay, so the question I had was kind of related to that, and that is when I tried to make smoothies in the Nutribullet, and I still have it, I would end up like with a big glob in the bottom. And I was told by uh, someone who finally watched me do it. And she was like visually, oh no, there's not enough liquid in there. Have you had that issue where when you're doing your smoothies, you don't have enough liquid or have you ever had too much liquid and it leaks down into the base of your Nutribullet? Have you like, what are, what have um, your troubleshooting yeah. things been with your Nutribullet? So Right. So I, luckily I haven't had it leak out. So I have, I, I looked back and like I had re uh, reviewed this, but it was a long, long time ago in 2016. The, I have the, I guess it's not the probe, but the one below that. So it's a 600 watt one. Nothing for me leaks down. I've never actually had that problem. And they say you're supposed to replay the, replace the blade every year. I think that's just a marketing thing. I still haven't replaced my blade and I've used the Nutribullet a couple hundred times, if not more, or more than that, I guess even. I've definitely switched to now, I usually will pour my liquid in first because then I can see how much I'm putting in. And that was kind of a thing. If I realized before, if I put in the, say, bananas and berries, then I try to top it with milk, I would have no idea how much milk I put in. So I'm doing about a half cup to a little more milk. You know, the worst thing that happens is it gets too liquidy. I guess it depends on what you're doing. So I'm doing a lot of strawberry and banana, uh, mango, peaches, mostly frozen type fruit, but you know, fresh, you know, mm -hmm. bananas aren't frozen, berries aren't usually frozen. Usually if you don't put enough liquid in, it will just, one of a couple of things, either the blender will just get stuck and it won't go anywhere, or you'll open it up and you'll, you'll just see that there's still like whole berries in it and you have to add a little more liquid. That's what's happened to me, but thankfully not much more than that. So if you're not either, either add more liquid or if you don't want to add say more milk or almond milk, you can also add other things like Greek yogurt that are, are more liquid based um, and that will also help. Yeah, I'll just have to get over my paranoia of I did have it leak my, the first model that I got and I was within the 30-day no. return window and so uh, <laughs> took it back. But ever since then, I have one and I'm always very paranoid about I'm going to get too much liquid and it's going to leak right. and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I guess there's so many different things in that area. That's interesting that you guys mentioned for me getting a stick blender using the, like, it's either that or the food processor or the hand mixer. Like, I guess stick blender is better than hand mixer. I don't know. These, there's so many different similar things. And I think sometimes you have what is the best tool for the job, but then there's other tools that will probably work in most situations. Well, I use a stick blender, and what I use it mostly for is this uh, sauce that I make. It's like an enchilada sauce. And so it has a lot of things that are liquidy like broth and tomatoes and things, but it also has dried peppers. And what I do is I put those dried peppers in the sauce for a while to simmer and marinate, and then I murder them with the stick blender. And a stick blender just has one little small blade, and it's so easy to control is what I love about the stick blenders, because you hold it in one hand, and as long as you hold it down inside the pot so that it doesn't splash, it's great. Now for, for things like, my mom used to use a hand mixer for cakes, those things usually have two blades. So if you're trying to make a, like a whippy, creamy yep. batter, that's probably a better thing. Stick blender and immersion blender, the same thing? Or is that, yeah. is that another? Yeah, yes, no, it's it pretty is. much the same. Oh. And what's great about a stick blender too is like mine comes in two pieces. And so there's the motor part and you just take the blade part off and wash it. And it's, 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 it's super simple, it's super lightweight. The worst problem I have Great. is that there's not an outlet close enough to my stove to make me happy, so I have to always like move my pot closer to the outlet. Mm. The thing, I love the stick blender too, and I, the, the one thing I have to be careful about is with the Instant Pot, which is stainless steel, I'm able to put that right down into the pot. So if I make butter chicken or something like that and I want to puree the sauce or broccoli cheddar soup or whatever, I can do that right in the pot. But for pots like uh, the Ninja Foodi, which does have a nonstick coating and can be scratched by metal, I have to pour that into something else before I stick blend it, but still it's worth it. Uh, yeah. So Makes my sense. stick blender is a Cuisinart Smart Stick. 
and it wasn't very expensive mm. and it just and that's the other thing it's completely accessible because it just has one trigger that you there's there's no adjustments to make at all i'm looking for christmas ideas so might have to add that one on to the uh, list. Hey, thanks. You all answered the question that I threw out. So good. I, I have my answer already. <laughs> <laughs> well, then we can go home. Bye. Um, <laughs> bye. Yeah. Well, well cool. Well, we'll actually, we'll do that. So um, I guess we'll go and give you um, how people can get a hold of you. And also, if you want to answer that question or have any other final comments, uh, Ricky. All right. So uh, my next kitchen gadget and if anyone has ideas about this, you can contact me in numerous ways, ways which I'll get to in a second. So I want a meat probe thermometer that is accessible from my phone. And I bought one oh. and it was recommended and was supposedly accessible and I can't make sense of it and uh, the app is really horrible and so I want this to be able to uh, cook things in the oven. I don't do a lot of grilling or anything but if I want to cook things in the oven or you know cook a steak on the stove and get a really great idea of this is medium rare or this is well I want a nice meat thermometer so if you have thoughts on that send me an email enger at hadley h-a-d-l-e-y dot e-d-u or contact me on Twitter which is a lot more fun twitter.com slash ricky underscore inger I think my next I don't know if it, it really counts as an appliance but my next thing is probably going to be either a dicer for a lot of that uniformity that uh, I believe it was uh, uh, Ricky mentioned with her with her food processor or possibly a knife sharpener just because I have a really nice set of knives but they're kind of they're a little bit older and uh I want to keep using them, so I'm a little worried about trying to sharpen them manually, so getting a nice electric uh, knife sharpener would be really cool. Also, about meat thermometers, I'm sure you're aware of this one, uh, but they do have a talking. The Independence Market sells a talking meat thermometer that actually works pretty well. Uh, we used it this weekend for steaks. Is, is it a like an instant read that you put it in and take the temperature, or is it a probe that has, like, you plug it into a, a, a separate thing? and you can continually take the temperature when the meat is inside the oven? No, I don't think it's not that. I think you just kind of put it in and get a read. Ah, cool. Okay. But still. People can contact me either on Blind Bargains by commenting on the articles, or you can email. Actually, should we throw out the new email address or no? You can. Up to you. Okay, cool. Up to you. you can email blindbargainswriter at gmail.com. Uh, or I'm on Twitter at TM Mahaff. That you might want to spell. <laughs> uh, right, well, TM M A H A F F. 74.8 degrees Fahrenheit. That's the $15 Amazon one. But yeah, it's, you just, it's an instant, <laughs> but you can't leave it in things. <laughs> yeah, and I have one that, but it does you, work. that's instant like that, but you can't like uh, leave it in the oven, sadly. No, no, you can't. Shelly, you're on the show every other week. Uh, <laughs> where, where can be Sorry. Funny? Hey, not Apple. You, you weren't on the Apple show. So you, I know, so I missed the Apple show. I did my own Apple shows, which is coincidentally where people can find me. But first, kitchen gadgets. So the, the kitchen gadget I want is an air fryer, but I probably won't get it because my space is limited in my kitchen and my utility room is already full of stuff. I don't have room for my kitchen. So probably uh, some additions to my Wusthof knife set because we sort of buy them one at a time as we can and they're great knives, I love them. And so I want some more knives. You can find me on Twitter at Shelly, S-H-E-L-L-Y. Still working on the iOS access book update, which is interestingly enough, Information is available at iosaccessbook.com or iosaccessbook on Twitter. And I just put up my iPhone 12 and 12 Pro review part two. Speaking of Apple stuff, over at relay.fm slash parallel, which is my show, Parallel. And that's at Parallel Pod, right? Parallel Pods on Twitter. Oh, Pods. Pods with an S. Pods. Two Pods. Cool, cool. <laughs> Thanks, everyone, for coming on. And it wasn't as chaotic as I thought it would be. So it actually... Uh... <laughs> This worked out. Uh, then, um, problem, the only problem with my uh, bacon idea is I ate all the bacon. Because <laughs> I was sitting in front of it. So you have to worry about dinner you know, at all. You're do done. Stuff with it. 
I just ate a half pound of bacon. I don't know what to feel. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Have a smoothie so you feel like you're healthy. Maybe. Yeah, maybe I can make a smoothie. With the french fries? No. Yes. You. <laughs> yes. Okay, that's nasty. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks, Joe. Uh, he'll be back at some point. I think he's busy playing with a new update to uh, Soundscape, so that'll be coming up at some point, along with some other stuff. I have an interview. We got an interview coming up with uh, John over at uh, Spectrum Access as well. Uh, so lots of cool things coming up over the next few weeks, as well as holiday shopping and much more. So thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Twitter at Blind Bargains. Uh, you can email feedback at blindbargains.com. And uh, thanks, Patrick for dealing with, I don't know how many audio tracks you're getting here, but uh, have fun, buddy. And uh, <laughs> Thanks, everyone. We will see you later. This has been another Blind Bargains audio podcast. Visit blindbargains.com for the latest deals, news, and exclusive content. This podcast may not be retransmitted, sold, or reproduced without the express written permission of AT Guys. Copyright 2020. Yay.